In today's episode, we talk with Matt Brock about how important gratitude is in our walk with God, especially during the confusing and difficult seasons of life. We also talk about how to discern what God is leading us to do and how to let our walls down and take the risk of getting hurt as we love other people and as we follow Jesus. All of that on today's Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Wade Joy, and we get to talk with my friend, Mac Brock, today. And we served together for almost 10 years at Elevation, but we go back even further than that, which you'll hear about in just a moment. And so we have a lot of fun sharing old stories, but also we we talk about some very honest struggles we have in processing silent seasons before God and, and processing times where we're not exactly sure what the Lord is asking us to do. How do you walk through painful seasons and how do you fight for gratitude and fight for joy in the middle of that? So I think you'll be really blessed and encouraged by our talk. And if you don't know Mac, he's an amazing worship leader and songwriter. He's a husband and a father, and you should follow him and check out everything that he's doing. I'll put all the links in the show notes. But before we get to that conversation, if you haven't heard, I just announced my very first book that comes out this fall, September 12th, 2023, and it's called This Dream Is Not For You, Learn To Live By Letting Go. So if you love this podcast, you will love this book. It's got all new content and it explores questions like how do you process the pain of a dead dream and still have hope to dream again? Or how do you live out your dream without it becoming an idol and taking center stage in your heart? And how do you know what your purpose and your calling actually is? Because maybe what we think it is and have been taught it is, isn't exactly what Jesus says it is. So I love the message of this book because It is me opening my heart wide open and telling the story of God's goodness and His faithfulness in my life, what I've learned, and how I can help you in your journey to follow Jesus and actually dream the right dreams in your life. So I'll put a link to how you can pre-order the book, whether it's on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, whatever you want to pre-order it from, you can do it at the link. So I encourage you to get the word out and join me on that journey. This dream is not for you releasing this fall. All right, now that that's been said, I'm excited to get to my conversation with Mac. All right, well, I am excited to have Mac Brock on Dreamers and Disciples today. Mac, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, dude? You know, it feels like it feels kind of like we have to be formal because it's like a formal podcast, but we have too long of a history to be formal about (laughs) anything, really. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Like a lot of people that would know us think that we met at Elevation, but we go way back. When I was like 15. <laughs> right. Our bands did a massive three show South Carolina tour together. <laughs> <laughs> we, those uh, were the days. Those were the days. It's been downhill since then. <laughs> I think I was remembered the other day that I think because our, our, we used to be in a Bible study together at my house in Friarsgate. And I remember having a snowball fight in my house. Do you remember that or am I making that up? No, I remember that. I remember, I mean, that was just a wild house altogether. (laughs) But I do remember, yeah, we had like a Bible study. I remember you sitting me down and, because me and the guys that I played in a band with, we watched this like Blink-182 video. But it wasn't like a music video. It was like a 
tour video or something, but it was pretty inappropriate. I was like 16 and you kind of sat me <laughs> down and you were just like, hey, you know, just want to make sure you're making wise decisions. Oh and- my goodness. <laughs> and, and look at you're you now. You're a good leader like that though. You're always looking out. You know, I, I'd like to think that that conversation was the turning point in your life. <laughs> Set me on the right path. It did. It did. Well, what's funny is that as I was thinking about that and, you know, meeting you through your band that you were in and then, and then my band, I was probably beginning at that time to dabble in leading worship, but yeah. I don't think you were really doing that much, at least at the right. time. It was always like fringe worship. Fringe. It's like even in that band, it was like, you know, we were like a quote unquote Christian band. Uh-huh. playing at churches and stuff. And we were playing, you know, our songs, but then we'd also play delirious songs or, you know, stuff like that. So it was always in the middle, but I definitely wouldn't say that I was like leading worship back then. Yeah, I don't feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wouldn't say that that was at that point, like the dream for your life. No. Would you say that? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I mean, not, yeah, I, I did not want to lead worship. I grew up, you know, my dad's a pastor and I grew up in the church and I I would lead worship at youth group and stuff like that, but I did not want to be a worship leader. See, I think you and I have a similar path with that to where, I mean, I really wanted to make it like doing my own music in like the CCM world back in the day, (laughs) whatever that means. And and I found that like people started to like bring me in more to, to lead worship and they'd let me do my little concert of my own songs or whatever, but I fought leading worship until I started to realize, no, that's, I actually think God might've gifted me more for that than, yeah. than the other stuff. What was your journey like? Because now, obviously, most people know you as a worship leader or a worship songwriter. So how did your heart shift? What process did God have you on to get you to that point? Yeah, I mean, and I've shared this before, but a lot of my story is like, yeah, I didn't want to be a worship leader. And it wasn't, I don't think out of a heart of rebellion or anything like that, it just... I didn't think it was like, for me, I don't know. I I didn't want to work at a church. I didn't want to be in like full-time ministry. And for the longest time, it was like, I want to just do my own band. And so, you know, as a young, late teens, early 20s, when you're doing music, you think you are like the thing, you know, you think Uh you're like the best and your, your ideas are the best. And so there's a lot of like arrogance and kind of maybe cockiness, I think that came along (laughs) with that. But even when I started leading worship, it was kind of something that I could tell. I knew that I was gifted at it. I knew that it was like something that I could do. And and so there was kind of always opportunities to do it. There's always opportunities to lead. And it's so interesting how the Lord works because like I would take those opportunities because it was in front of me, but my heart was very much not totally sold out to that. Yeah, And so I would lead you know, lead at church or lead at college nights or, you know, whatever it might be. And I enjoyed it, but I didn't feel like passionate about it. And even when I came on staff at Elevation early on, my passion was songwriting. My passion was producing albums. And then leading worship was like a means to an end. It was Mm -hmm. like part of the job. It was Uh part of the job description, but it wasn't what I really (laughs) like was stoked on. And for the first like I don't know, a handful of years that I was even on staff there, that wasn't my passion and that wasn't even my heart. I don't want to say it wasn't my heart. It just wasn't like what got me the most excited. It wasn't my dream, as you might say, you know? And I remember having like, it was at the recording of one of our albums, Wake Up the Wonder. 
uh-huh. and was leading this song called The King is Among Us. And I remember leading that song on that night. I don't even know. I couldn't even pinpoint what it was about it. But I had a profound like encounter with the Lord mm-hmm. as a, as I was leading that song, you know? Wow. And kind of changed the whole trajectory of my heart, I guess, and changed my passion and changed what I got excited about. And I would say that that was like a turning point for me of worship becoming not just like a means to an end and worship becoming what I was stepping into as like my true calling and and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I love that. And what's funny is I was driving Sunday as I had a six hour road trip and I was like, just feeling real nostalgic and actually went mm-hmm. back. I was like, I haven't listened to some of those old albums in a long time. And so I listened to Wake Up the Wonder. Oh, wow. And, and I listened to- the, I haven't listened to it in forever. And I listened to King is Among Us. And yeah, I just remember that being such a special moment that night. So it's just kind of yeah. crazy. I, had, I hadn't thought of that song in so long and then twice in one week. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and listen to it. Maybe, I don't know. Anytime I go back and listen to like old songs that I'm leading, I'm, I usually- pick it apart or <laughs> get super analytical. So maybe that wouldn't be a good idea for me. I'll, I'll cling to the <laughs> to what the Lord did that night. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting though, is you were walking in something that you wouldn't have said was your dream, but you were just, you were being obedient to what God had in front of you and the Lord changed your heart. Yeah. What, and that's, we talk about that on the podcast a lot of like, what's the balance between like being ambitious, chasing your dream, but also being content where you're at. What role does God use with the desires and the passions that he has in our hearts to lead us? What have you learned through your journey? Because that became a dream of yours. And then you've made other transitions in your life where you've stepped away from, you know, elevation or different things. So how have you learned to discern God's will and what role do your passions and your emotions and your dreams play in it? Yeah, it's interesting that you say like, I was being obedient. And I think that that is accurate. I think that I I was trying my best to be like a good steward with whatever was yeah. in front of me. And mm-hmm. I was being obedient. I usually tend to look at it as like, man, the Lord had a lot of grace to allow me to keep <laughs> doing that when I wasn't fully bought in, you know, or like he knew the the depths of my heart that, you know, maybe I had other dreams or or whatever it might be. And he continued to allow me to do that. So I have a lot of hmm. gratitude when I think about just the Lord's grace in my life when it comes yeah, to leading worship. That's great. I don't know. I I don't have a profound answer to what what you're saying about like how do you follow <laughs> what's in front of you, you know, and follow what you feel like the Lord might be calling you to. Other than there have been several moments in my life and me and my wife, we tend to, you know, if we're on like a date night or or whatever it might be, we'll we'll look back at our life and we'll look back at our marriage and we'll look at moments where it didn't make sense for us to do what we did logically, mm-hmm. but we both felt like the Lord was asking us to, calling us to. And even that is confusing because you don't know, like, is the Lord asking me to do this? Or is this, I don't know, like, I is that really the Lord's voice? Like, right. how do you, how do you know? And And I think for us or for me, One is like when we've ever felt a prompting in our spirit about something, you know, just like starts as just like a thought that crosses your mind. And then we discuss it together as like a married couple. A lot of times we'll fast and pray Mm -hmm. together. You know, we'll take like a 24 hours, 48 hours and just like fast and pray together. We'll seek wisdom from people in our lives. We'll look at scripture and we'll try to make sure like everything's aligned. 
And so even if it doesn't, I don't know, you've probably been there before where there's like something that you feel like the Lord is telling you to do. It doesn't logically make sense when you put pen to paper, the pros and the cons of that decision. But when we've gone through those processes and then we feel a tremendous amount of peace in our spirit, Mm -hmm. that's when we feel like, okay, we can make this decision or we can go, go down this pathway and see where it leads. And that doesn't remove anxiety or fear after you've made the decision, (laughs) or it doesn't remove like stress as you're in the middle of the decision. But I think that that peace kind of transcends that. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I described it, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but- No, this is great. I feel like anytime I've made like a big kind of crazy decision in my life that was scary, I feel like I'm under the umbrella of like peace from the Lord. And I feel, okay, I'm, it might be raining around me, but I'm under this umbrella of peace. And I'll still every once in a while, like put my <laughs> head out from under the umbrella to make sure it's still raining. And that's when like, I get a lot of fear. I get a lot of anxiety <laughs> or stress or just yeah. like panic. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, like the Lord will pull me back under that umbrella and, I'll, and I feel that peace, you know? And I feel like confident in that even if it feels chaotic around me. That's such a, a great image, the umbrella thing. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. And I'm even thinking about even the last year that I've walked through uh, of stepping into a whole new season and a lot of uncertainty and how those two things I feel like can coexist. I can have this peace that I know is from God, or at least most of me believes it's from God. Right. And then I can still have those days where I'm like, what in the world is going on. What did I just do? Yeah. And I feel like following God is learning how to keep just pivoting your heart back to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep focusing on the things that fuel that peace right. in my life. Right. It doesn't remove the doubt or the questioning or the second guessing, but you can still, even in that doubt or even in that second guessing, you can still have trust and you can still mm-hmm. believe the Lord, you know? Yeah. Uh, even right now, like this morning, I was praying about something that it's a small thing. It's not like a big life altering thing that I think, oh, I think the Lord might be leading me to to take this step of faith. And everything in me is trying to talk myself out of it. Like, right. <laughs> and uh, the last couple of days, I've been trying to come up with every reason why that's just an emotion. It's just a random thought. But I know when I can't get away from something yeah. and, and what's the voice of the Lord. And I think that's something you get as you just keep walking with God and you you get some things right, you get some things wrong. And what you said at the beginning is God's just so graceful for us yeah, or to us and all of that. And I think too, especially when it comes to like a big life altering decision and stuff is also having patience yeah. and not making emotional decisions or rash decisions or whatever, you know, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, but having patience and being patient with the Lord <laughs> and going through like the process of, of you know, if you're married, spending time with your wife about it and making sure she's at a same spot. But like, that was always a big thing too for for any big decision in my life. It's been a patient, <laughs> long process, yeah. you know? I remember Adrian Dupre back in the day, this is going back yes. to our old Columbia days. I was in a discipleship group with him on Tuesday mornings and he used to hammer that in, like don't make any decision when you're angry, right. when you're frustrated. And that's just always stuck with me. And I think patience is one of those things that we want God to speak it right now. We want to know the answer right at this moment. And we don't want to wrestle through the messiness and the uncertainty of just waiting on God. Right. Yeah, it's hard. That's that's a good word. What about with you? You, you talked earlier 
about kind of the the arrogance that sometimes comes when we're younger. But I feel like that's always a struggle of like, I want to be humble because obviously the, Jesus models that. But I also feel like humility is connected to confidence. Like hmm. I used to think they were opposites, but more and more I'm realizing that you have to have a, an element of confidence to truly be humble. Yeah. And, and we can talk more about that. But how have you learned? Because I feel like you've always been a confident person mm-hmm. in a good way. And so talk to me about how you hold those two intention, like confidence and humility. Yeah, I think the insecurities that I have run deep in a lot of areas of my life. <laughs> I have a lot of like things that I can get easily insecure about. And then there are some things in my life that I'm very, very confident about. And going back to even like worship leading, when I fully started to grasp that this was a calling on my life, that this was mm-hmm. something that the Lord had gifted and anointed me to do, that really shifted the way that I was, that I even led. I was able to lead from a place of confidence and lead from a place of like, this is actually what I'm made to do. And so I can be confident in that. Even if I, I don't know, sing bad one day or like (laughs) flub a lyric or whatever, like even like in all my worship fails that I might have, I can still be confident that I am walking in like the authority that God (laughs) has given me to lead worship. And And honestly, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. I used to envy that about you back in the day when I would be terrified to step on stage for anything. (laughs) I always had like this nervousness to lead worship or to preach or to speak. And I would look at you and I'm like, man, Max seems like he's so like calm and collected. (laughs) Did you really feel that way? Or were you like, what was actually going on under the surface? Yeah, I think... I think I did. Like, I, I think I have always been confident in that, you know, in, in, like I said, like what I felt like I was called to do. The only times that I feel like not confident is if I'm doing a song or leading something that I didn't prepare for, you yeah. know, like that I didn't do the work on the back end to make myself feel secure in that. And so mm-hmm. that's on me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like over-prepare now. And I try to make sure I'm like very just even like know what I'm doing, like know what's going on. But then I think in that, I don't know, like when you talk about humility, I think I'm just so aware of who I am and my flaws and my, you know, shortcomings. And like I said, like the grace that the Lord has had on my life to allow me to continue to lead worship, even in the early years of doing it, I wasn't fully bought in. Mm -hmm. I think I have a just a strong sense of that grace and a strong sense of like, I'm so lucky to do what I do. And I'm so grateful to do what I do that. I don't know it. I think that that does keep me humble, you know, or that, that does keep me like walking a little bit with a limp, if that makes sense. I think also having kids (laughs) humbles you quickly because they're not, they're not impressed at all about anything that you do at all. It's so, so <laughs> that, true. Yeah, all three of my kids are the best and so sweet and and encouraging to me, but they're also just like I don't care that you <laughs> played at this venue or whatever it might be. Yeah, they have my my kids, I love them, but they have zero <laughs> respect for anything right. I've accomplished in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I I love how like gratitude, I feel like you've you've touched on it a couple times that that is a thread, you know, both for looking back and being like, okay, God, thank you for allowing me to lead worship even when I wasn't fully there emotionally. It's a way to keep us humble. 
And I'm learning in this season, because I feel like God is really challenging me with boldness in this season, that mm. I'm learning that you can be humble and bold because your humility comes from just a bold confidence in who God is. Yes. And sometimes the most humble thing you can do is do the thing that looks the least humble. But if it's what God's called you to do, then that's yeah. that's you're depending on Him. Yep. And so that's a that's an interesting like even, journey. Even you saying that, like I'm I'm thinking about Moses. Imagine how many people thought like how cocky he must have been to approach Pharaoh, or how arrogant he must have been to like he probably had to like his presence probably had to feel arrogant to a lot of people. Yeah. But he was probably terrified. We know he was terrified and we know that he felt inadequate and unqualified and all those things. So just even, I don't know, I don't, not to get on a tangent, that just popped in my mind. It's like, but when the Lord has spoken something to you, you, you can be aware of your shortcomings and you can be aware of all the reasons why you shouldn't be able to do it. But if he, if he has spoken it to you, you can walk in confidence in that. Yeah, and it keeps going to like, are you regularly bringing your heart to the Lord for and surrender to realign it through prayer and fasting, like you talked about, because I think that's where that confidence comes from, that gratitude comes from, like that's the source. Yes. And you brought up your kids. So I want to go there for a second. I feel like you have such a great legacy and model to learn from with your parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have so much respect for for both of them. And how long has your dad been a pastor? Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know how long he's been a pastor full on my whole life, but <laughs> Just last year, he celebrated, or this past year, he celebrated 30 years at the church that he's at now at Gateway in Columbia. Wow. And, you know, one, that's amazing. And, and, and we got to go down there and kind of just celebrate that with him. But it's just, it is a legacy and it is pretty powerful. And I've, I've seen him through all the ups and downs mm-hmm. of that church, you know, in that community and, and having really high highs and then having really, really low lows. And to see the faithfulness and the steadiness of my dad through it all is, uh, yeah, it's changed my life. Is there a particular moment that you think back on where you just saw him do something that you knew was hard, but it was the most like Christ-like thing to do in that moment? I mean, there's so many. I think one of the hardest seasons I remember when I, f- when me and Meredith very first moved to Charlotte to be a part of Elevation, but it was the first time, you know, it was the first time we left, you know, the church, you know, <laughs> that I grew up in. And, and I remember just like, that was really, really hard, not us leaving, but that season in particular for lots of different reasons was just a hard, it was just a hard season for their church and for their community. And to see my dad not waver and not, like I said, he was just steady and he mm. is who he is and he <laughs> is consistent. And it was hard for me to be away kind of for the first time and have to watch that from afar mm. while I was starting my own ministry and starting my own, you know, my right. own journey as, as a pastor in, in a sense. Um, I remember that being really, really difficult. And I really wrestled with the Lord of like, almost like it was hard for me to celebrate my wins because I knew that like my dad was suffering like a lot of losses. Mm-hmm. And, but it also just like, when I kind of look back and once you get through the storm and you get through the mess and you can kind of like look back at it, I just see how much like that really, really encouraged me and challenged me, you know, that my dad mm-hmm. was so consistent. And so, I don't know, just kept 
walking one foot in front of the other, no matter yeah. what, you know? And yeah, he's, he's done that my whole life. I think about my dad too, and just his role as a, as a music minister, you know, ever since I've been a kid and watching him. And I've never even put it the way you just put it, but I relate a lot to it of when you say it was hard for you to celebrate some wins when someone else that you love was struggling. And there have been times where, you know, it, it can be hard. And I mean, any kind of church situation can be hard, mm-hmm. but not many people or churches were experiencing the kind of like fast paced growth we were at the beginning there at the church. Right. And to watch things that that my dad was going through. It's interesting, as you talked about that a lot, just came back to me. And I think that's one of those things that as you grow in maturity with the Lord, you learn how to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, yes. but still hold your gratitude for what God's doing with you in an important yeah. place and not diminish it. Yeah. And it's it's a hard balance to find. Yeah, I think it's just easy. I think by our nature, it's easy for us to swing hard one way or the next. And if we can learn how to like balance, balance it together, like not to go off on a tangent, but I, I even last year, 2022, when we were in the middle of it, me and Meredith, that felt like one of the hardest years of our lives. Like we went through so much loss of friends, family. We had a lot of internal family stuff that was going on. We had job stuff that was kind of chaotic and crazy. And it just felt, the entire year felt like so chaotic in survival mode. Like we were just holding on. And towards the end of the year, we felt like we finally got like our footing and finally Mm -hmm. felt like we were on like solid ground, but we were like, good grief. Like what just happened? We just felt like we just went through the ringer. And at the end of the year, we were talking about it and we were kind of like, man, can you <laughs> look back at all the crazy stuff that happened? But then we switched it and we, and we started, li- like we actually got out a piece of paper and we list- started listing out every positive thing we could think mm-hmm. of, <laughs> you know, from like big wins at work or big family stuff, like my son making the robotics team, like big yeah. stuff and little stuff just like went down and we, we have a whole list of every positive thing that happened in 2022 that we could think of. And even that helps shift my perspective of like, both can be going on at the same time. Yeah. You know, things can be really, really hard and, and I don't want to like d- diminish that or anything like that. But I need to also remember to focus on like the wins and focus on like, yeah, all the blessings that are that are happening and that I don't know that that was like one of the first times I'd really done that of like sitting down and trying to list out in the middle of kind of like a chaotic season try mm-hmm. to list out all the positives and it really I don't know changed my perspective and helped even go into 2023 with a, a totally different mindset yeah I, that's such a practical thing to do that I know I don't do on a regular basis at all. Like I'm, I'm new to just even journaling to begin with over the last year. <laughs> right, yeah. And most of my journal is filled with like, woe is me type prayers. <laughs> Prayer requests, <laughs> right, know? I know, same. But I, I really do love that. Cause I'm learning too, like not, we wanna label a season or an experience as just one thing. Yeah. And there's usually so many layers of what, what God is teaching us through it, what's actually going on. And so, yeah, that's that's a really good practical thing for people who just want to look and see the negative thing that they walked through. But like, where might where was God actually present in it, and you don't you didn't even realize it? Right. Yeah. And it, and it's and it's real different than trying to 
I'm not trying to make light of the negative. Yeah. You you can acknowledge the negative and you can acknowledge the the hurt and the pain and mm-hmm. and all that stuff and acknowledge it. Like you said, like mourn, even if it's for yourself, like mourn with those who mm-hmm. mourn and like embrace that. But then you can shift. Yeah. Can't stay there. You don't have to minimize your pain or someone else's pain to also recognize that God was right, right there with you. Yep. True. Which, I mean, we can spend the whole rest of our lives relearning that lesson. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> um, you mentioned the robotics team and Harvey, which I think that's awesome. <laughs> yes. What What is your favorite thing about being a dad right now? Man, it is a lot of fun. I love, I love like talking to my kids and, and mm-hmm. hearing their perspective on things and hearing just the way that they see the world or the way that they see like certain situations is always funny and interesting to me and just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I love seeing what their interests are and seeing how, you know, their passions kind of start to form. There's lots of stuff that I love. I also, uh, there are a lot of days that I'm just like, me and Meredith are like, I am so over parenting today. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's- That is real. You know, let's do bedtime early tonight and let's just kind of like chill for a minute. Uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of those days. Yes, we have too. And I can be <laughs> brutally honest about that because my kids don't listen to this podcast because once again, they're not impressed with me. <laughs> right, right, at all. yeah. Once again, it's it can be beautiful and it can be hard. I feel like that's a, yep. <laughs> that, that's parenting, a thing. Keep, yeah, parenting is such a good analogy for so for so many things. And and speaking of that same kind of tension, I know you, you know you and Meredith are on a journey as foster parents. Yeah. What are you learning through that process because I know I'm imagining that has been an incredibly rewarding but also very difficult journey. What are you learning about yourselves, about God through all of that? Man, um yeah, so we've been fostering for like two and a half years now and we've only had one placement. He's been with us the whole time, Z. And yeah, it's Definitely been a challenging experience in terms of, I mean, there's like the logistics of like the way DSS works and the government and court system and all that stuff. Like there's just like that very tangible (laughs) chaos that's Mm -hmm. difficult. But then also, you know, walking with him and all the kind of the trauma that he carries Mm -hmm. or the things that he's carrying as as a person and as an individual and us learning how to navigate that with them is new to us. And I don't know, we've had to depend on the Lord more in this season of life than I think we ever have, you know? Mm-hmm. And it it is such a, it's like a blessing and it's just such like a heart thing for us that we feel incredibly, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. It's just like, it's a blessing to do, to be able to, to be in Z's life and for him to be in our home. And it's also managing, we don't know what tomorrow looks like and we don't know what the next court date is going to have for his future. And so you're kind of constantly like walking in that. And I think maybe like the biggest lesson that we've, we learned is early on, I think Z had been with us for maybe close to a year, not even a year. And it looked like he was going to be going back to like another family member. And I think it, me and Meredith both immediately felt like we put up walls. Mm. Like, okay, it, it's almost like in a crude way to put it, it felt like we, we could sense like ourselves going into like babysitter mode instead of like mom and dad and yeah. mother and father mode. And it was really quick that we felt like, Hey, this feels 
wrong, like in our spirit, like we both feel like we're putting up walls maybe to protect ourselves from like getting hurt. If Z goes back with somebody with, you know, back to his bio family, maybe we're trying to protect ourselves. And we went through a process of like letting that go and saying, nope, this is our son. And he might only be our son for a season, but he is, he is our son and we're going to love him and we're going to give him everything that we have while we have him. And that was just a, such a shift in mm. mentality for us, you know? Yeah. And we're still and in it. I mean, what you just described, which I can't imagine the intensity of that feeling when it's a child that you care about and is part of your family, but it's so applicable to everything we've talked about with it. If it's a dream you have that didn't work out or that you're in the right. middle of, yeah, we put up walls because we're afraid of getting hurt by God or we're, yep. we don't give ourselves fully to something because we're not sure how it's going to end. And I think where God wants us to be is this freedom of saying, okay, I'm going to walk open-handed and give all of myself to you, Lord, and to whatever, and to the people in my life. Yeah. So that's a, a beautiful picture. But how, okay, you had that realization. How did you go to God? How do you go to God on those days where it feels like, okay, God, I took my walls down and this sucks. This is hard. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. What What are those moments between you and God look like and what gets you out of that? I mean, it's hard. I would say that I'm, I have those moments like every day, you know, of, man, this is really hard. I mean, just being a parent in general is really, really hard. And, it, and you feel inadequate and you feel like, man, am I messing up my kid by the way that I responded to this situation? I have moments in my life that I can think back when I was like second grade, first grade, an interaction that like is still in my brain present. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm constantly analyzing. Shoot, did I just create like a core memory that's not a positive one <laughs> <laughs> for my kids? You know, and so uh-huh. I think like there's a constant surrender of that. You know, I think even when you look at my life and Meredith's life, this has like really helped me. Is there's such a trust in the Lord when it comes to parenting and when it comes to like the seasons that we're in? I look at my life. I grew up. You know, my dad's a pastor really healthy family, really loving family, grace-filled family. And then I look at my wife's story, which, you know, you can find, (laughs) she's done a lot of podcasts where she tells her story, but it was very chaotic and very trauma-inducing and very dark. And you look at how the Lord has both had his hands on both of our lives through totally different situations, different upbringings, if anything, I'm way more messed up than my wife is, uh, you know? And and I say all that to say that it's given me like a grace for myself or like a trust in the Lord of like, I'm walking in as a parent, I'm, I'm going to point my kids in the best direction I know how to point them. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to do the best that I can. At the end of the day, their life is in the Lord's hands and I have to mm-hmm. just release that to Him. And so even when it comes to these hard seasons or like, if it's like chaotic with Z or with Harvey and Cyrus, I can rest. I can kind of like, I, I definitely cry out to the Lord a lot and say like, this, we need help with this. We need like some breakthrough in this area. <laughs> Send people in our lives to surround us with prayer or whatever it might be. But I can also find rest and just like peace in trusting yeah. Jesus in the situation. Yeah, I think that, just that release of like, okay, God, you've been so good to me throughout my life. And once again, gratitude. Like when we can right. be grateful for how God is, has 
stewarded our journey, then it helps us to slowly start to open our hands to the things that we're holding on to. But it's so hard, especially yeah. when it's your kids, I'm learning. Yeah. And and I think that there's, I mean, just even from a tangible perspective, like we read a lot about how to handle certain situations with our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 seek count like counsel. We uh, me and Meredith just went to like a foster parent, what well, was a foster mom conference, but I was leading worship. So I got to kind of be a part of it. That's just, it's a bunch of foster, like it's hundreds of foster moms, and but they're giving like tangible advice on like, yeah, here's how you deal with these specific situations. So you can, along with the prayer, along with the like asking friends to cover you with prayer, you can also try to find tangible solutions and tangible like, we're going to try this method to deal yeah. with this behavioral issue or whatever it might be, you know? And I, I think that that's applicable to like all of our lives as we can be going through something or going, you know, have something in our lives that we're dealing with that we do bring it to the Lord, do ask him to, you know, intervene in a situation. But then also like, what are the tangible things that I need yeah. to be doing to, to help my, <laughs> to help my situation? <laughs> yeah. And so much of how God, manifests his grace in our life is through other people, but it actually requires us to be humble and ask for help from people and like put yourself in community and be vulnerable about what's actually going on underneath the surface. That is something that I have definitely gotten better at over the last year or so. (laughs) It's just like asking for prayer and not being afraid to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to allow people to like join in the fight, (laughs) you know, and join in the, 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 praying for a situation. Yeah. You don't get some kind of spiritual award for isolating yourself and being so strong that you can handle everything on your own. Man, that is so true. (laughs) But I think both of us having the backgrounds that we did growing up in church and in ministry families, I know at least I always was afraid to let that guard down for people. Yeah. I think being a church leader, you feel like you're supposed to have it together. You're supposed to know the answers, being a pastor's kid, whatever it might be. You know, me and you both, we've been in some sort of like leadership role for most of our lives that it is very easy to isolate yourself or to feel like, well, I can't let anybody in on that because that's going to discredit my ability to lead them. And that's not to say you have to be open and vulnerable with everybody, but you, you know, find the people in your life that you can like bring in close and I don't know, their levels. Yeah, I was, I was so nervous the first time I went to counseling because I was like, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, like. I felt weak because I was going to counseling rather than realizing that that was, it wasn't weak. It was, it was a wise it's thing. Such a, yeah. It's such a strength. Yeah. And so true. And it was one of the best things that I ever did. Shout out Jim Cress. Jim Cress. <laughs> I go to him too. <laughs> yep. I highly recommend him. Well, man, uh, I feel like I could talk to you for hours about all this kind of stuff, but let me, let me end on a bit of a lighter note. One of the things I've always admired about you is your just ability to find joy in life. And I feel like even when things were stressful and busy, uh, when we were at Elevation together, you always had some kind of hobby you were into and you made time for <laughs> right. for something. I was like, how, how in the world can Mac do that? Because I knew everything that was on your plate. But I began to see that that was kind of a lifeline to give you joy. And yeah. so currently, what is what are you into right now that uh, mm. would surprise people? And then... Was it hard for you to start doing that? Or was that something that has always just been a part of your personality? No, no I think I've definitely become more self-aware over the last 
you know, several years of, of how to maintain the pace that we run, you know? Yeah. And I think being in ministry, especially church ministry, because you're doing it every single week, it's always coming. And so if you're not finding what are the areas that fill my tank up, then you're going to be running on empty like really, really quickly. And there are definitely moments, I remember talking to you, I, I share this story a lot where like I was very close to burnout or close to like, I think it was actually working on the Wake Up the Wonder album. <laughs> like I, that like about just drained the life out of me for the pace that we were running with it. And I remember coming to you, you were my supervisor and and saying like, hey, here, here's like why I'm close to burnout, but here are the things that I want to try to do to help myself. And I brought kind of solutions to help my pace change. Mm-hmm. And part of that was like, one handing stuff off to other people, raising up other leaders. But then it was also for me is like finding the things, like what are the things that give me joy and what are the things that I like, you know, to do that fill fill my tank. And sometimes it's like a, like a vacation or something like that where you get away with, with Meredith. But then what are like the daily things that I like to do? And right now I would say for me, I just got the Hogwarts, uh, the new Hogwarts video game. <laughs> yep. I'm not like a big gamer, but I do like them. But I'll play for like 30 minutes and then I kind of get bored. But I'm very slowly go, g- playing that uh-huh. video game. I'll play Fortnite with my son. And then honestly, like it's finding stuff like, like Harvey and Robotics. I like talking to him about that. And so we'll sit down and we'll go through his robot and his strategy for his competition. Yeah. And I, I find a lot of joy in that too. And then me and Meredith, you know, we have like our TV shows that we watch and, you know, just kind of like our nighttime routine of (laughs) decompressing, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I have found that, and for anyone who judges me for playing video games at 46, I have found that whenever I make time just to play the Xbox just for a little bit, it is actually one of the best things for me. Yeah, I don't do it. I mean, and not to shame anybody that plays a lot of video games, more power to you. I just, I really do get bored really quickly, but I Uh do love it. And so I find, you know, 30 minutes to play and then I'll be like, all right, I'm done. My problem is now my kids monopolize all the video games in our house. What do they play? So they really like the latest Spider-Man game. Oh yeah, Miles Morales. Yep, and the one before that. So they just they just got a Yeah, PS5. those games are awesome. But well, man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. What I really love about the conversation is I felt like we touched on a lot of things that can be hard in our faith and mm-hmm. things that you can't just put a bow on like you're walking through, but it's like the process of both just bringing your whole heart to the Lord and then inviting other people in mm-hmm. that allows us to walk through those in a way where we just keep taking that next step and the next step and the next step and how God is so faithful in every step of that journey. Yeah. So thanks for just opening up about those seasons in your life. And also just, you know, you were talking about your dad being so faithful and consistent. And just as someone who's known you, like you said, since you were 15, it's pretty cool for me to see your faithfulness and your consistency over the years and how God's honored that and how God has used that. So it's been, it's rewarding for me to, to watch it from my perspective. Thanks. So, all right, you'll have to come back and we'll talk about the next video game you're into. Yeah, I love it. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, thanks, Mac. See ya. I hope as you have listened to that interview, maybe there's a situation in your life 
where you feel like you want the peace of God, but you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with fully trusting Him and letting those walls down to love someone, to let someone in, to truly follow God in this area that's so near to your heart. And if that's you, I would really love to pray for you right now. I don't normally do this at the end of an episode, but God, I just pray your blessing on the areas where we all need to surrender, the areas where you're calling us to trust, the areas where you're calling us to lay down the most precious part of our life. So God, we know you're trustworthy. We know you're good. And I pray that you will help all of us, anyone listening right now, to feel that you are near. That area where they're afraid to trust you, I pray that you'll give them peace. I pray that you'll give them clarity. And I pray that you'll give them direction in the name of Jesus. I'd love to hear what God is doing in your life, maybe through this episode, maybe there's something that he spoke to you. I'd love to hear your testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness in your life. So thanks for joining us today, Dreamers and Disciples. Once again, I'll put all the links for how you can follow Mac in the show notes. And thank you so much for all of you who listen faithfully, for subscribing, for sharing episodes. It really means a lot to me. I'll see you back here next week. 